for whatever reason, the church fathers of old have decided that today is to be Holy Trinity Sunday, a day when we stop to try and explain this very peculiar theological point that God is somehow three in one. It's a very tricky point for us to wrap our minds around, which I think is a good thing because, you know, it it should be hard for us to fully understand how God works. God needs to be a being that we can't always figure out. God should always be a supreme being that we can't fully comprehend. So today, we're going to talk about the Trinity, but keeping in mind that God is God and we are not. And not only that, um, I promise you that this will not just be another theological lecture. That's not why you came to church this morning. We need to think about if God really is three in one, then what does that mean for us? and for our life today, and how we should live and serve this God who is three and yet one. I'll be using John chapter 3, that gospel lesson that we just read, and I've titled this sermon, Created for Community. Please pray with me. May the meditations of my heart and the words of my lips be acceptable to you, O Lord. Send your living word to walk amongst us now, to challenge our assumptions, to set our hearts ablaze, and to make us whole again. Amen. Oh, we're going to have some fun. Are you ready for this? In the early 1990s, there was a band that burst onto the scene and took the United States by storm. While the group wasn't particularly talented, Their music was undeniably catchy, and it just had this way of getting stuck in your head and kind of pulling you in. It was a group of five young men, and the band was called New Kids on the Block. Does anybody remember New Kids on the Block? I'm not going to sing any. Fast forward ten years, okay? New Kids on the Block has come and gone, but there's two new bands on the scene that are very similar in style and form. Neither band makes music that's particularly good, just like New Kids on the Block. But both bands create songs that get stuck in your head and that play on the radio again and again and again. And even if you don't really like it, you somehow can't turn the music off. I'm talking about the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Two bands with five young men. Are you seeing a pattern yet? Fast forward ten years after that to 2010. A band of five young men from London bursts onto the scene just like the Backstreet Boys and the New Kids on the Block and NSYNC before them. This band, One Direction, isn't very good, and yet their music is on the radio constantly. It gets stuck in your head, and you just can't quite turn it off even though you don't like it. My guess is that someday soon we're we're kind of due for the next iteration of this unfortunate pattern to play out. (laughs) Another five-person band with subpar songs will dominate our radios and iPods. And let me tell you, we're probably about two years out from this happening again. The reason for this pattern, though, is that the music industry knows the secret formula. Here's the important part about the music of New Kids on the Block, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, and One Direction. All of these bands sang in five-part harmony. Five-member groups that sang their songs in five-part harmony. Scientists have done studies about this. And they have noticed that your brain lights up in a different way when you hear five-part harmony. 
It's something that they can't fully explain there and aren't exactly sure how it all works together. But if you've ever been a part of a choir or been gifted enough to play a musical instrument in harmony with others or even just sat and listened to beautiful music in harmony, you notice that it touches something within you in a way you can't fully explain. Something magical happens when different notes blend together to make a pleasing sound. There's just something in the human ear that appreciates these harmonies. And in the same way, when we are interacting with other people, when we are sitting and talking with a good friend, when we're laughing at a story that a new acquaintance is sharing with us, when we're catching up with someone we haven't seen in a long time, when these moments of human interaction take place, something magical happens. Notice that when I asked the young people about their favorite moments, they talked about visiting family, seeing their friends, and spending time with their brother. There's something within us that longs for human connection and interaction. There has been something programmed into our very being that knows that we need to be with other people. It's no mistake that since the beginning of recorded history, humans have been gathering together in community. They have intentionally made the decision to live amongst one another, to share life together, to build relationships Even though, as we know, other human beings can be really annoying at times, even though living in community is not always the easiest decision, still, from the very beginning of time, this is how humans have chosen to live. When you consider all of this, our history of living in community, the ways that building relationships with one another is so meaningful and important, the ways that music sung in harmony somehow lights up our brain like nothing else, it's almost as if, church, we have been hardwired for human connection. It seems to me that God has made human beings to desire connection with one another. God has designed us to seek out and form Community. We're not created to go through this life alone. When Jesus said, love your neighbors as yourself, I believe he was saying this because he knew that this was the most joyful way for us to live. This truth, though, it goes even deeper. I won't make you open your Bibles up this morning because there's just one line that I've really been thinking about in particular. It's from the book of John, that third chapter that we just read. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus says this, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Without being born from above. That's what Jesus says is truly necessary. We must be born from God. We must see God as our parent. We must take on some of the characteristics of God. You see, It's not just that we were created to live in community with each other. It's that we are born from above and the very nature of God is relational. Stick with me. Here's what I'm getting at. As Christians, we believe that God exists as a trinity. We stated these beliefs at the beginning of our worship service. We said that God is the Father who created the heavens and the earth and God is the Son 
Jesus Christ, who lived on earth and died for us all. And God is the Holy Spirit, who inspires and guides us all each day. God is a Father and a Son and a Holy Spirit, three yet one. And in a similar way, Reformation Lutheran Church is you and you and you and you and me and you and you and you and and it's all of us and yet it's one church. Many people, one congregation. Here's the bold claim that I'm trying to make. God is three and yet one, meaning God is a community. Three persons, yet one God. Three beings that are in relationship with one another and yet somehow all working together as one triune God. God is a relational God. God is a God of connection and relationships. God is a community. And so when we are born from above, we are meant to live in relational ways, just like God. When we are born from above, we love our neighbors and care for others and build communities because this is how God created us to exist, and this is how God exists as well. I began this sermon by laying out the many ways that it seems as if something within us needs connection with others. But we also need to pause and recognize that when we fail to live relational lives, it will destroy us. Think about it with me. When a person isolates themselves, they will often quickly spiral into depression. One of the greatest ways to combat this difficult mental struggle of depression and anxiety is simply to be amongst other people. And when individuals will backstab or or sell out their relationships in order to climb the corporate ladder, thinking that that's what will make them happy, they are always left feeling empty inside. When you choose money or success over relationships, it never works out. And scientists are now discovering that as technology improves and we all spend more time staring at our phones and less time interacting with real people, that it is having huge negative psychological effects on us all and society as a whole. Money won't make us happy. A promotion won't make us happy. Staring at a screen all day won't make us happy. Well, only thing that we really need is connecting with another human being. Nothing can replace it because it is how we were created to live. God has created us for community because, after all, God is a community. And so that means, church, that means that every time we attend a community meeting, we are honoring God. Every time we forgive someone or work to restore a relationship, we are honoring God. Every time we put others' needs above our own, we are honoring God. This is what it means to be born from above. We are to live our life in a way that reflects the God who created us. And the God who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit wants nothing more than for us to create and restore and value community. Over the last two weeks, I've been making some really great connections in our community here in East Mount Airy. 
I've spoken with block captains. I've met with local politicians. I've met with different community groups that are working to make this a better place. And my hope is that Reformation can be a part of that process. Because, church, God is a community and we are called to be born from above. And that means that as a church, this community where we worship and gather needs to be a part of what we do. One more thing. I've been talking a lot about what we need to do and all of the implications of this for us. But we also need to remember that it's not just that we are called to build communities. We need to remember that God wants to be in community with us too. And that this is an essential piece of our life of faith. God doesn't just call us to make community with one another. God deeply desires to be connected with us. We aren't just created for community. We're created for community with God as well. Created for worship, created for prayer, created to be spending our days and tuning our minds and our hearts towards God each and every moment. That connection with God is something that God deeply desires. And let's not forget just how far God went to ensure that connection. God sent Jesus to live among us, to be with us, to connect with us in a human way. Because Jesus is the one who told us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And Jesus is the one who reached out to the outcasts of society and brought them back into community. And Jesus is the one who gave up his very life so that we would never be separated from the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that we would not perish but have eternal life. That's how far our God will go for our sake. So that we can never be separated from him. That's just the thing, church. It's hard work being in community. It's hard work maintaining relationships. But you know what? God's been maintaining a relationship with us for a long time. God has been forgiving and redirecting each of us and hopes that we will treat one another in the same way. We believe in a God who is a community, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. God is relational and longing for connection with us. And so we too will put relationships as a priority and community as essential we too will practice limitless forgiveness and selfless love because we are children of God, born from above and created for community. Amen. Amen.